Ryan Frederick, do we need marriage mentors? <laughs> I don't know, Selena. Marriage mentors are good, but guide couples are bigger. <laughs> Better. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Marriage mentors, okay? It's this idea that a young couple or a couple who just wants to stay sharp, wants to actually just grow in the Christian walk, realizes, mm-hmm. hey, we need wisdom around us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the vernacular that we see thrown around in the church is, you need a marriage mentor. Um, and what we found is actually there's some, there's some, I think, better ways to frame what that relationship can and should look like. And I would even say, based on sound wisdom, I think, what we've received from other <laughs> wiser mentors, actually, John McGee, shout out, uh, is that there's some, that term mentor is actually kind of intimidating for people. So today we're going to talk about this, uh, this phenomenon of guide couples. And it's one of the, the things that we use within our ministry kind of ecosystem. People go through our courses. And so we're going to talk about guide couples today. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. So today we are going to endeavor with you uh, on what a guide couple is, uh, what they are not, kind of the role and responsibilities of a guide couple, and then how to find one, uh, because I think it is important for us to find those people that Mm -hmm. we can have this just clear, open communication with, that we can trust, that when they tell us something we don't want to hear, that it is actually not them trying to beat us or be better than us or... (laughs) put us in our place, but it's actually them loving us uh, and showing us, pointing us back to Jesus, back to the gospel. So very important topic today. So thank you for joining us. My name is Ryan. It's my lovely wife, Selena. We are the Fredericks. This is what we do. We spend time thinking up, creating, writing content. We've written a number of books uh, on the marriage side, but also now on the parenting side. So Mm -hmm. if you're looking for marriage resources, we recommend, hey, stick around right here. You're in the right place. (laughs) Or you can go to fiercemarriage.com. There's all kinds of stuff there, videos, podcasts, episodes from the past that aren't video. Also blog posts and books yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Free ebooks, all that. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us. We've been doing this for a number of years. God is gracious, and we're going to continue as long as he allows it. Uh, so yeah, in our experience, in all the years that we have done ministry, I think this is one of the linchpin issues for a lot of young couples, right? Because yeah. like one of the worst things we can do in the Christian walk in general, in life, we are designed for community. And for deep community, not just acquaintance level relationships, but relationships between people that actually know us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on the individual level. And then you go, you know, as you go through life, you have, you know, people that are coming alongside you kind of, and you're the apprentice, so to speak, not just in like a craft or in a trade, but in life itself. And then at some, some point or another, we become kind of the master craftsmen and we have apprentices underneath us in life. Marriage is no exception. And so that's our encouragement here today is to, is to urge you, if you don't have a, a guide couple, we're going to tell you exactly what that is. It's not just an older couple. It's not just... It kind of sounds like you're saying guy couple, guide couple, Sorry. <laughs> just in case we're not clear. Oh yeah, guide couple. Guys or gals? <laughs> we are Christians. Guy, a guy no. and a gal? Yes, couple. a guy, one of each. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to tell you what, what that is, what it isn't, but let's go ahead and dive into that. So Selena, what is a guide couple? Guide couple. Guide couple. (laughs) (laughs) Give it to me straight. Well, we have done this online course, right? And I think we wanted to kind of share. It's kind of where this term originated for our ecosystem. And can I share the the background? Yeah. So we have people in the marriage space that kind of we go to when we have Mm -hmm. questions. And and we were were building out our online course. It's called Gospel-Centered Marriage. You can learn more. Go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. It's a six-week kind of marriage 
core. Uh, core material. It's like if we could sit down and have six weeks with you, yeah. you know, once a week, this, these are the things we would talk about. There's all kinds of, uh, we have uh, um, discussion guides and it's, it's a whole experience. With it, we also have these mini courses. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as we were kind of building all that out, I went to our friend John, who is, he's been in marriage ministry for many years. Yeah. He's probably, I'd say the next phase of life. So he's, he has kids that are college, out of, yeah, out of married, high school and yeah. college getting married. And he just said, you know what? The marriage mentor thing is, is a little bit, honestly, it's hard for people mm-hmm. because you, what happens is, is you call somebody up or you, <laughs> you talk to them at, at church and you're like, hey, you know, we're doing this class, gospel-centered marriage, and it tells us we're supposed to, they've told us we need to go find marriage mentors. Will you be our marriage mentor? And uh, John says, honestly, like the turnout on those types of requests is usually pretty low. People will be nice up front, but when it comes down to it, they just don't feel like they can commit. It right. feels like a big commitment. Yeah. And so we came up with this maybe different phrasing to hopefully frame it in a different way because it actually isn't that big of a commitment. And so that's what guide couple, that's where that phrase came out of. And the, the idea, and we'll get in, should we read this passage first? Yeah. So that's where it came out of. We're going to read from Titus, uh, starting in uh, chapter two, verse one. Selena, do you want to read this? Sure. For us? I've always loved to read the Bible. Yes, right. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. So this is instruction to Titus mm-hmm. uh, to instruct those who are under his uh, shepherding. Right. And he's addressing the whole gamut here. We have old old men, old ladies, old women. <laughs> See, she loves when I say ladies. <laughs> older women. Yes, older women. That's, that's probably way better. You have older men and women, mature. And then you have younger men and younger women. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it's, there's this definite relationship between, hey, if you're advanced in your in your walk, if you've seen some things, you've walked through the various seasons of mm-hmm. life, you are not just free to now coast. Mm-hmm. Okay, this, so this may be a call to the older folks that might be listening to this. Older does still feels a little bit like uh, maybe derogatory. I don't know. It's not bad to be older. It's okay? the Bible's wiser. terms. We'll say wiser. Maturity. Well, you could be old. Ideally, you're Presbyteros older. Presbyteros is, is what mature. the term is. Yeah. yeah. They're Get the elders. Get your Greek out. Come on. I just did. There Thanks. it is. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So you're not free to just coast because there are young people who are growing up and they may be able to, uh, say, do their work. They may be able to function as mm-hmm. citizens of society. But they still need wisdom. Yeah. They still need wisdom. And the implication here is that if you're younger, don't just think that you've got it all together and you know everything. But instead, humbly, mm-hmm. you're going to add something. Good. Humbly kind of submit yourself to the instruction, the admonition, the training of not only your parents, but also other people in the church gathering, people who share the same beliefs that we have in terms of Christ being who he is. Yes, I would say that for sure. Um, and so... Maybe getting into what a guide couple is would be more helpful in explaining and illustrating because you don't necessarily have to go to a couple that is 50 and older, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we could be marriage 
we could be a guide couple for someone and I'm just now 40. So and you, he will be 40 very soon. Uh, but we've also been married for almost 20 years. We got married really young. We've been through some things. So again, it's kind of one of these qualifiers is that mm-hmm. is not just based on their age, but their maturity level, uh, their number of years being married, and then their, um, what did you say? Yeah, so they're... Uh, they're not they're, just a silver saint. <laughs> yeah, not just silver saints. They don't have to just be of a certain... It's like, you don't have to find somebody 60 years old or older. Yeah. Uh, it can be somebody who is maybe the same age as you, but they're more mature in the faith, or they just, they've had a longer marriage, longer and their marriage, marriage has fruit right. that is the kind of fruit you want to bear. Right. Um, and so that, I think, is really helpful because... Um, we do have, unfortunately, we have very, we have our congregations in the West. There's not a lot of congregations that I've experienced where you have a lot of, a big variety, where you have a lot of... Of age? Yeah, where you have a lot of wiser, older individuals and couples that are available enough to mm-hmm. to, to help the younger ones. Yeah. And so it, it might be helpful um, to know that you don't have to have, it's not, there's not an age threshold. So a guide couple, we said there's a couple qualifiers here. They're trusted, gospel-centered, Bible-believing couple. Um, obviously, you're going to them, talking to them through the biblical lens. Right. You know, we're in, they are churchgoers. They're upstanding, you know, active, engaged mm-hmm. in the faith. Um, those should be some obvious traits. Uh, they've been married for longer than you and your spouse. Um, the maturity, again, the marriage age matters. Yep. Uh, one of the big things I think that we kind of mentioned earlier is having these open lines of communication. So... Maybe it is somebody that is not quite, or is your same age, but they're older than you. They've had a, a lot more years of marriage on them, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, yes, you might have an affinity for maybe the season you're in, but for the marriage side, like you need to be able to look up to them and you need to be able to hold everything open handed so that if they call you out on something or if they, again, see something that seem a way that you're communicating to one another or some sort of habits that don't seem healthy, that you can hear what they're saying and, and and thank them for it afterwards, right? And and not just yeah. get hard hearted and um, selfish, I think, and prideful about it. But and, and that may, you know, sometimes that's just our initial response. But again, know yourself. Mm-hmm. If that's your initial response, just button your lip, ask the Lord to help you see what they're seeing and, mm-hmm. you know, deal with it with your and spouse. This is why it's so important that they're trustworthy Absolutely. and they're gospel centered because they're not gonna be coming at you with stuff that is arbitrary or just kind of personality maybe right. but it's, it's actually stuff that's weighty. rooted in yeah. um, and we will talk about the expectations of a guide couple mm-hmm. that'll be at, toward the end um but yeah the open lines of communication are huge but it doesn't mean that you have like just unfettered access to them that's a huge Absolutely. boundary you need to have in place Absolutely. because you can't expect someone just to you know always be they're not your counselor necessarily no, not your pastor then, even even then yeah i mean you should there, there's no one on this earth really that you should be <laughs> true you should be depending true. on 24 7 and with like that, that true God and that's called codependency only. or dependency and it's un, unhealthy <laughs> look that uh, one up on fierce marriage <laughs> the other thing is that but they still knowing that they are going to be committed to you like you said absolutely that if you do text you're not going to get blown off if you do make a call that you will at least they'll pick up the phone or they'll right. call you back. Well, and they're committed to you you kind of in and out of season too. Like we have right. we we encourage couples to get guide couples through this core uh, gospel-centered marriage course, but I think having a guide couple no matter what, you know, in the mm-hmm. good seasons you're celebrating with them, they're part of your kids' birthdays, that kind of thing, yeah. but then in the hard times you know you can depend on them for yeah. uh, sound advice. And the final thing is, oh, we already mentioned this, but it's somebody that you admire. Like, So it's another thing to say, oh, I objectively see that you're a person that's been married longer. I objectively see that you 
you know, aren't yeah. off the rails spiritually. But if you don't have an affinity for them, yeah. there should be a level of admiration and respect that is healthy. Right. I think and that I, just helps I guess I, it work better. I want to say don't be so quick to blow people off too because I think in my own experience I have met someone and thought, why does she have so many women that look up to her? I don't get it. You know, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be real. And then I'm like, well, yeah. it says something if there are people, women that right. are looking up to her. So how about I take the time to get to know her and pray about that sort of relationship? So again, don't just be so quick to write people off, but take the time, pray, uh, invest in a relationship, even if it's just a coffee date or two yeah. uh, to get to know them. So we did touch on this quite a bit already, but we do want to be, I guess, really intentional about saying what a guide couple is not. Yeah. Um, so... You know, if you are, so we're talking about somebody who is, you're basically as, as a couple, you are relatively in a place of strength. You're moving forward. You're not perfect, but you don't have any major crises unfolding in your life. So like if you say, God forbid, you are experiencing some infidelity and you're trying to repair after that, you may need, I'm just going to say this. You probably need more than just a guide couple. Absolutely. You need a pastor first and foremost. A pastor is going to be able to counsel you biblically. Like honestly, and, and I don't want to throw counselors under the bus, but it needs to start with the pastoral counseling, the pastoral mm-hmm. care. That counselor, that pastor, then may work alongside a Christian counselor mm-hmm. to help you work through and untangle some of that stuff. If you're dealing with stuff like trauma or just an ongoing kind of, if you have any ongoing issues, that's not what a guide couple is there for. At least not the way we're. I would say that they're it. under that one. Once you kind of are getting sure. into the maintenance level and you're still maybe struggling with some of the things day to day outside of the heavier conversations with a pastor or a counselor. Yeah. Um, it, I would say underneath that, it's kind of your, your support. And um, yeah. Yeah. If they've been there, they know some of the, the traps or they know some of the um, the triggers and things they're more familiar with and they can mm-hmm. be able to kind of, uh, again, come alongside you Mm -hmm. and say, yes, your counselor is right when they talk about these things. I know you're having troubles with that, but just trust me. Like, Or just to be the additional sounding board or the additional level of accountability. Hey, did you go to your counseling appointment? Yeah. Did you talk to the pastor or the elder? Did you have that hard conversation with your spouse? Mm -hmm. We've helped and we've, God's been so gracious, but we've been able to walk alongside some very tough situations. Mm -hmm. People, I should say, going through tough situations. And um, almost always we are playing that kind of support role mm-hmm. to, to them, but also to the work that they're doing with pastors and with the counselor. Mm-hmm. And so we're the ones that are having them over for dinner and saying, hey, how's this going? I know you guys have been working through this. How mm-hmm. are you doing? We're not working through it in, on the spot. Maybe mm-hmm. in some levels you are, but not intensely. Right. Well, and sometimes, you know, you're, you're just not equipped to do the mm-hmm. work that pastors and counselors are to do. So Yeah. Uh, but you can love them and, and yeah. feed their souls and feed their bellies. <laughs> and so a guide couple is not a pastor, not a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, I would add this, and this may, I'll, I want to see how this lands with you, is they're not your buddy. Oh, 100%. Okay. Uh, Again, you have that friendship and affinity, but... You may have a, a, a buddy, level of friendship, but they're not... A buddy would probably not push back as much, I think. Yes. So there's a level of challenge. There's a level of, I'm here to do work with you. Like if I, if I'm, I know there's a few men in my life. If I go and meet with that man, it's not because he's my friend. It's because I'm looking for him to push back on me right. in the decisions I'm making, the thinking that's going through my head, the way I'm applying or misapplying scripture. Right. I'm looking for him to play a role in my life where I show up and I'm ready to take notes, yes. to write stuff down. Yes. He's not my friend. We're not getting a drink. You know, we're not we're just going to have, the wind. <laughs> we're not, you're not shooting the breeze. Yeah. Breeze. <laughs> 
Or shooting the wind, if that's your thing. <laughs> so they're not your buddy. There's a level of decorum there that yeah. is unique to that relationship, to, to the, the, the dynamic, excuse me. Yeah. And finally, and this is, a, again, off script, but Selena, I don't hear it, what you think. <laughs> a guide-couple relationship is not necessarily indefinite. It doesn't have to go on forever. And I think that's helpful for guide couples to know this. If you can say, hey, we're newlyweds. Mm-hmm. For the next year, would you be willing to be a guide couple to us? Where if I have a question as man to man, I can text you, I can call you. Would you be willing to just to commit to the first year? And then after the first year, listen, we can just... Or the next few months, give it three to yeah. six months. That's a little less sure. intimidating. People I'm just thinking say, first hey. year of marriage. but Right, right. And and I think that's okay to ask if they if they feel comfortable and... You know, good marriage, good guide couples will be like, let me tell you, I'll tell you what, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> like they, yeah. they're able to kind of walk through I'll tell you what, it. once you get to cruising altitude, then we'll reassess, yeah. but obviously you're not there yet. So let's just, let's just be in relationship. Yeah. Let's meet, you know, let's, let's at least talk yeah. via text or phone, commit to once every two weeks minimum. Mm-hmm. You, you ch- and this is what I would say if someone's asking me to be their guide couple, I'd say you initiate. Yeah. You reach out to me. Don't expect me to babysit you. No offense. But that's not the role here. You need to reach out to me yeah. and you need to have intentional questions. If you can't think of a question, think harder <laughs> because that keeps us in relationship. <laughs> right. And then I'll tell you what, after I figure that you have kind of hit a maturity level and the conversations have turned a corner, yeah. then we'll reassess. Yeah. Nathan's dad did this with me. Yeah. He was a mentor to me. And we got for for a year, he was meeting with me once a month, once every two months. Mm-hmm. And we got to a point, he's like, Ryan, I think you're done. Like, I don't have anything else to add to you <laughs> to add to this conversation. And so now we were at, we were at the mountain the other day yeah. and we got to see uh, Greg again. And, and uh, it was just really good to catch up. And, and he was giving me little bits of advice, but it wasn't anything formal. It was just now we have this kind of bedrock of our relationship mm-hmm. that I always see him as a mentor. Right. He, he knows he can say stuff and I'll right. listen. But he also knows that I got my head screwed on kind of straight at this point. So we can just talk. At least that's what I think he would say. For now. <laughs> For now. Just kidding. No, anyway. I fully agree. I fully agree. So okay. let's get into some of just the the nitty gritties of what a guide couple would do, kind of their, their role and responsibility. As we've outlined it in our course, again, we would encourage you to check that out, that gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Yep. Okay. Always get these things wrong. Of course you knew me. <laughs> I know you. But, so, and then how to find one. Uh, we'll give you a few little quick okay. tidbits there. So, and this is for you to take to the guide couple and say, this is what I'm supposed to ask you to do. <laughs> okay. And so Just these, these are their. Take a picture, screenshot it. <laughs> well, if it's up there, uh, we'll see what Adam does. Well, if they're right. in the, I'm saying if they're taking the course. Yes. If you're yeah, taking the course, you'll, you'll this have is, this in a document. Yeah. Um, so you take this to them and say, this is what I need you to do for the next. So the, the course is six weeks long. You could stretch it out to eight weeks. We would yeah. say, ask them to participate for maybe twice that. So maybe 16 weeks, four months. Okay. It's not a long commitment in the grand scheme of things, especially if they're advanced in age. It feels age. like a big number for me, but I, everything feels big to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> in 16 weeks, you'll have we'll have another little baby, God willing. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the first thing is give them permission to ask you hard questions. Mm-hmm. So guide couple, here we are. We want to grow in our marriage. We would love for you to ask us hard questions. Mm-hmm. And so within the curriculum, we have conversa- question prompts. We have mm-hmm. reaching out to your guide couple with this sort of uh, you know, to frame a right, conversation. Right, so you don't always have to think about it. Right. Um, and then, in, 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 uh, so in giving them permission to ask the hard questions, then you commit to them, we will answer you honestly. Mm-hmm. It may not be pretty every time. No, for sure. Well, and they probably. know. <laughs> yeah. And they know. Oh, they know. But we're not going to just sugarcoat it. We're not going to dance around it. Yeah. We're not going to, we're going to br- bring it to you honestly. Yeah. It's important for you 
to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how you grow as a couple. Uh, secondly, uh, they commit to praying for you and your marriage regularly over that time that's period. Huge. So just knowing that somebody is praying for you, um, that you can shoot them a text, say, hey, we're having a hard, co- hard time with this conversation. Could you please pray for us? And then we'll catch up at the time that we've already scheduled or something like that. Yeah. You know, just a yeah. quick. Um, it's so just wonderful and comforting to be able to shoot off those prayer requests to people and know mm-hmm. that you're being heard and you're being prayed for. Amen. The next one is you ask them, guide couple, will you be available to us via text or phone one to two times per week? Now, this is during the course. Mm-hmm. I would probably... Depending on where you're at, I would probably dial that back to yeah. one or two times per month. Right. And I would say, you know, if you want and you can negotiate that and not negotiate, like, but you talk to them. I, I would I would encourage a meal once a month, probably mm-hmm. like a phone uh, check in of some sort, but also like one meal once a month. And you guys can host that and invite them over. Right. So this that would work, I feel like, for maybe if you're a younger couple in, a, in an early season of life and your early season of marriage, you haven't had kids yet. Mm-hmm. And they're further along, their kids are maybe not in the house any longer, or their kids are at least out of the younger years. Yes, more independent, for sure. And so then I feel like those the monthly dinners would probably be more feasible. Um, otherwise, it might that feels overwhelming to me right now. <laughs> uh, well, I just think that being around a guide couple, you get to watch them do life. You get to watch how they hmm. um, interact with one another, how they might interact with their children, uh, how they you know interact with others at church. Um, mm-hmm. you did say this at the end, which I missed, of course, after the course. So after the six weeks of the course or whatever, the GCM course, have dinner and discuss kind of the highlights, which I think is something you should do anyways. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I would add to that. Uh, so what I would recommend is if you're a younger couple or whatever stage and you, you're trying to make this relationship valuable, bring prepared, come prepared, yeah, a, a list of goals that you have for your mm-hmm. marriage. I mean, we want to communicate like this. We And even you can get into the nitty-gritty depending on who this couple is. We could say, we would love to buy a house within this period of time. We'd love to career-wise. This is where we feel like God's leading us. Right. Uh, and bring those goals to them in terms of your life and in terms of your marriage. Yeah. And then say, how does this sit with you? And that is an amazing conversation starter because yeah. it's not about them. It's, it's, it's all about, it's not even really about you necessarily. It's about the goals. It's not about like, what are you dealing with in your heart that comes out. But it's it gives you something kind of objectively to tackle together. Mm-hmm. Um, so now let's talk about how to find a guide couple. Yeah, and again, some of this might be intuitive, but, if but hopefully there's some yeah. uh, variations that will be beneficial to you. So, And I want to address real quick, because I know this can maybe feel uh, a little bit uh, intimidating, especially if you would consider yourself to be a introvert. And the thought of reaching <laughs> out to somebody who you haven't established like a rapport with, that may seem insane. So let us reassure you, I think I think our defaults, you and I, are probably introverted. <laughs> That's kind of what I think our defaults are. Here we are on the video, the video screen doing the video thing. <laughs> but we're all by ourselves. So That's true. <laughs> no kidding. one else is here. And, and I know her and she, I, she, I like her. So this is easy. <laughs> so I just, I want to just put all those concerns aside. And I want to reassure you with this, is that this is how the community of Christ works. Mm-hmm. Look at Titus 2, read it again. This is how it works. And so to not do this, to not intentionally pursue these types of relationships is far more risky and frankly more disobedient and, costly too. and more costly than whatever discomfort it might cause. So, And with that said, the discomfort to me is a little bit maybe unwarranted because people are, I think, eager to help well, and they and sense a real need. The other thing too is, um, 
I forget what passage it is, but uh, the mark or distinction of one of the marks or markers or distinctions of Christians is how we love one another and how can we love one another without actually going through conflicts and problems together? How do we mm-hmm. actually show the love of Christ saying, hey, we worked through some of these hard things because we had this guide couple and they brought us back to Jesus and they prayed for us and they walked through you know, sure. all of these things with us. That is the love of Jesus. It's not just, oh, hey, buddy, love you, praying for you, like on a Sunday. That Everybody and anybody can say mm-hmm. that, but when you're actually in, the, in the, the muck and the mire of your day-to-day struggles in your marriage, this is where yeah. it really comes to show, comes to light whether or not you love one another and that you are allowing yourself to be loved by someone else. And and we all know definition of love and how to, and that speaking the truth in love is not, oh, it doesn't always make you feel warm and fuzzy. It right. will probably offend you and make you really angry. But again, how you love one another, there's relationship yeah. there, there's commitment there, there's uh, the love of Christ, right? And the blood of him that is bonding you. Uh, you're in the same body of Christ. So... I want to take that because you said one thing that, because that grates on me so much when you see somebody at church like, hey, buddy, how you doing? All right, that's it. See you later. Now imagine that same, you know, that interaction, but with somebody who actually knows what's going on in your life. Right. Somebody you know, they know, and they know you know, Mm -hmm. and you've talked about this outside of the sanctuary, outside of the lobby, outside of the church grounds. And and so when they say, hey, buddy, how are you? I'm praying for you. How are you doing? Right. Talk to me. So much and richer. You may not have time to give him the, the the full rundown, but you can at least say, you know, we're still working on it. Yeah. Or, or this week or was better this, than last. Yeah. And so I'll I'll, I'll you know connect report. with you again. Yeah. Report back. I'll report on back in three days or days. whatever. Yeah. But that is a vastly different interaction in the lobby, mm-hmm. given this context yeah. um, that we're talking about. Okay. So how to find one? Um, with all that said, start here. Write down some names that people that might work yeah. and pray about those with your spouse. Yeah. Um, if you don't have any names, and that's a very real possibility, uh, write down who you will talk to to get some names. There you go. So you got to know somebody in your community, somebody in your life. Or a family pastor. Who might know somebody who would yeah. fall within these. Yeah. yeah, a pastor is a perfect place <laughs> to start. Family and life. Yeah, youth pastor. Like if you life. have a, a father or a father-in-law or somebody or a brother or a sister, somebody say, hey, they would know someone. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you have to know somebody like that. Yeah. I, um, uh, so this is again how to find one one of the cr- criteria we have here is both of you need to feel comfortable with who these people are right. and you need to feel comfortable with um, and they need to feel comfortable with you right. so and, like if I find somebody that I love their wife but he it doesn't have a lot of relationship and it's just really hard to connect uh, with the husband then that's probably a no go you know right because it'll always feel imbalanced and it, it won't bear the fruit you're hoping right. it'll bear um and then, let's see, we have trusted Christian couples share your biblical faith. Yeah. Um, how does that factor into how to find someone? Well, I think it's just the given of they're Christians. They're not just somebody at the gym gotcha. that you look up to. Okay, yeah. So, and again, this you have to kind of discern wh- whether this would work or not. Always give them an out to, I want to say that. Like, yeah. I think it's important to not corner people, but to genuinely seek out their, their wisdom, their time. Again, saying, hey, it's not... A big commitment. It is a season kind of commitment. Um, we admire you guys. There's so much about your marriage that mm-hmm. we feel like we could learn and glean from. And so you don't have to say yes. We don't know if this is a really busy season for you or something, but oh, that's, that's why we say write down a few names and pray about them and approach them one at a time. Um, I'm thinking of a scenario that this would have worked for us early on um, after we got back from 
Switzerland. I had heart surgery, all that kind of stuff. I worked at the state. My boss was a wonderful man of God. It was a secular institution. His name was Dennis, uh, Dennis Flynn. He's incredible. And he was just so uh, integral and fatherly for me as a young man coming into my career uh, and just helping me do my job. But also we would have these sidebar conversations on things. And I could see if we were in a stage in our lives, I could, I could have gone to him and said, hey, I know that you know we have the same Savior, and we may not believe exactly the same things in terms of denominations and stuff, but I know that, that we're going basically for the same thing. We want to be more like Christ. Would you be willing for me to have a conversation with you and, and, and maybe to have us over for dinner and to talk about it. I feel like that would have worked. Yeah. And and Talk uh, to your wife. Like, have, yeah. make sure they talk to their spouse and it's not just this quick commitment thing, obviously. Just yeah. using wisdom. And again, and, leave them, like I love what you said, give them an out mm-hmm. so they don't feel, so it doesn't get weird. Because <laughs> it can get weird. <laughs> get weird real quick. And you know what? If it gets weird, like, be the first one to, to know that. <laughs> like, op- open your eyes. Re- recognize it. Sure. Give them the out sooner yeah. than later. <laughs> Never mind. You know what? You're busy. Never mind. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, but try, but try. Try. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. Uh, Go with God in this. We feel very strongly that this will help um, your marriage uh, as you go through courses like gospel-centered marriage, but Mm -hmm. also as you do just go through life. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially as you're growing into whatever the new season is, be it newlyweds or your new new parents or Mm -hmm. maybe a new job, a new location, whatever. Um, So all of this, we would be remiss if we didn't mention, all of this is only uh, good and right and true if it's rooted in the God of the universe, who Mm -hmm. happens to be the God of the Bible, and namely, the work that he did in sending his own son to die the sinner's death, that we should have died, Mm -hmm. on our behalf, and not to stay dead, but to rise again out of the grave, being resurrected, conquering death, yes, and he's invited us into the life that that he fought for and bought and paid for on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And the way we do that is we place our faith in him. And we only place our faith in him through his grace, Mm -hmm. by the enlivening of the Holy Spirit, to place our full faith and trust in Christ. And we want to invite you to do that because this may be the moment the Holy Spirit uses to bring you into communion with Christ. Mm -hmm. If you have more questions about what that means to become a Christian, go to thenewsisgood.com. It's a website we set up. It's just very simple, lays it all out, gives you some ways forward. With that said, let's pray for these wonderful folks. Jesus, thank you that you have uh, given us yourself, that you've given us your wisdom, that not only that, you, you left us and you left other believers with the Holy Spirit so that we might have the helper with us through every season in life, but also we might help one another and be the body of Christ made up of many members, building uh, itself up in the goodness of your love and the goodness of what it means to walk alongside you, Lord, and walk alongside one another in our pursuit of what it means to become like you. So Jesus, I pray for these couples that you would give them boldness as they uh, act on this conviction. If you've laid it upon their heart to find a guide couple, then may they succeed in that endeavor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Fierce Marriage. This has been a joy. We love doing this, and uh, we would love to do it longer. And the way we do it longer is, A, by the (laughs) grace of God, (laughs) and he allows it. Every breath is a gift from him. Another way that he allows it is through people that support us monthly. And we just ask that if you want to do that, if this content has blessed you and you feel compelled to be a part of that, uh, go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. And there are some, uh, there's a number of ways you can do that. There's some upsides, but mainly we just want you to do it because we believe God is drawing you into that. So Mm -hmm. that's it. Um, Yeah, that's it. This episode of Fierce Marriages. (laughs) In the can. See you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.